This is episode 63 with the playful Karen Locke Cole. Welcome to Bigger Than The Hustle podcast. My name is Bhavik Patel and each week I bring you a super interesting conversation with an inspiring entrepreneur on how they live their life outside their business and what inspires them to live life big. Thank you for taking time to spend with me today and it's time to let the positivity flow. Karen believes in the power of play to solve any problem, even the really big ones. She's an executive leadership and play coach. Her podcast is called We Turned Out Okay. Her forthcoming book is called We Turned Out Okay Playbook of Days. And her mission in life is to restore play to its extremely important place in the pantheon of human ingenuity. In our conversation, we discuss loneliness, holding up mirrors, and the importance of resting and recovery. Don't forget to hit the like button, subscribe, and share this podcast with those close to you to show you care. Now, for the one and only Karen Locke Colt. Sure, absolutely. So it's funny because you know me as K squared. Um, but in, in the rest of my life, I am Karen. Karen Locke Colt is my name. I am a um I'm a coach. I I like to think of myself as a leadership coach, uh, an executive coach, and a play coach because I think those things are really intimately connected. And um for for about six years, I've I have ha- had an online business. I, I ran a private coaching community for parents for about four and a half years, and I stopped doing that for two reasons. One, I was very much drawn to one to one individual coaching, but the other is because I landed in the hospital with diverticulitis and really needed to change what I was doing. And and um, so much of that was like I was doing too much for the. I was leaving everything in the road for the people in the community, and In the end, ultimately, what I realized was I was trying to be omniscient in their lives instead of allowing them to be omniscient in their own lives. And uh, it worked out better for all of us, though I was terrified to close the community. And and, but what I heard from the folks in there was was so amazing. They were like, thank you for being a good role model for us and and other things to that. You know, I 100 percent respect your decision and I'll miss you. But this is so important. And. Um, so, uh, yeah, so that's, that's, I, I, my journey has been, has had so many twists and turns. It's really funny about it. Cause it's hard to, it's hard to r- sort of give a quickie thing, but I think I'm going to leave it there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I can hear that this, you're almost trying to draw upon the key insights to your journey. Um, and like we know with life and with everyone's situation, there's always a story. And the stories include the ups and downs, highs and lows, and that all those moments have to ha- had to have happened for us to be speaking here today. You know, any yeah. any decision that changed changed the whole trajectory, right? Yeah. Now, if we then talk about um, life right now, so you help and support people in different ways. What do you what do you feel your strength is in the role that you play right now? I think that. What I really bring to, and I'm, I have to work on this for myself, but what I really work on bringing into the world is an opening, a space in people's lives, busy, harried, overworked, worried people's lives, the capacity for play and playfulness. I think it's 
more important than we realize. Yeah. And who is it that you work with at the moment? I, it's really interesting that, that you asked that. I, um, can I talk a little bit about who I did work with? And <laughs> so, um, well, thank you. So I, uh, I, as I say, I ran this coaching community for, um, for four and a half years. And a lot of what we worked on in there was I worked with, uh, with women with youngish children. So preschoolers, toddlers on up to maybe, uh, 10, 10 ish years old for the kids. And what, what they wanted and what I thought was the right thing to give them for a long time was like formulas. Oh, here's how to potty train your child. Here's how to handle a temper tantrum. Uh, here's how to stop spanking, for example. And I think those things are really important, but, but what I've really increasingly been drawn to is what's happening in the parent's own heart and how does that translate into, because everyone wants a, a, a wonderful relationship with, with their child, right? We have these children because we treasure them and we know that it's going to be this incredible relationship. And sometimes that can be interrupted by our own doubts or fears or a pandemic or, you know, lots of other, lots of other concerns. And, um, and what I've really been drawn to in the last, I would say year or so is it, it doesn't have so much to do with it has much more to do with the person's relationship to themselves and how like we can carry around so much negative emotion and, um, and it, it, it hurts everyone, not just us. And we think we're doing it for the right reasons. Uh, I went into the hospital in October because I was carrying too many things for too many other people. And I placed myself really last on the list. And so I think what I would say is I, I help, I make a safe space for, for people, for, for largely parents who want something new in their lives, who, who are high achieving people, but have had to kind of set so much of it aside uh, in service to others. And, and I help them integrate the best parts of their lives and really reach for what they want. Yeah. Yeah. And what I heard from that thread is that it, it's trying to reconnect back to themselves, isn't it? It's we we outwardly express care and attention on so many things outside of us. And we realize, like you did, you deplete all the resources within you. And if you don't replenish those, that can play out in lots of different ways, which are ultimately quite negative to not just yourself, but obviously a lot of people around you as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. I Can I share one more thing? Once again, yeah. Um, I, during the intensive that we shared together, we were, we were both a part of, um, I put out a thing called a Hey Yo, which is where you get to ask the universe, right, for something, and, and these real people in the universe. And I, I said, I'm on a mission to bring play to sort of restore play to its rightful place in like the pantheon of humanity. We play is so important. It's how we do everything effortlessly and so well. Right. And um, I wanted to be able to have some influence over the UN 2030 sustainable development goal for education, for quality education. And it's so interesting what that has led to. It's been such a cool journey. Um, and I just want to share one small part of it, which is in speaking with a former deputy ambassador to one of the countries, you know, in the UN, um, what she said was, 
we are leaders like us are so lonely. And if you can help, if you can support the leaders in their work by helping them feel more connected, less lonely. People, people in the UN and in the sort of ambassador life move around all the time. They never stay in one place for more than a year or a couple of years. And, um, and I, I knew instantly that that, that was the way to go um, to support people to feel less lonely, to feel like they're really connected into a community, no matter what's going on in their life. That's, that I think is really the heart of, of what I've been, what I'm doing. Mm. And loneliness is an interesting concept. The reason I say that is because a lot of entrepreneurs feel oh, they are in the same position. So when you say positions of leadership as well, it's feeling like you have to have all the answers. You know, there's so many people relying on you as the business leader, the entrepreneur, whichever way you want to call yourself. But then there's nowhere for you to go to get your yes. support and help. Yeah. Um, yes. And also trying to make the people around you understand that you are only human as well. So you're going to make decisions, you're going to make mistakes, but it almost feels like you have to be superhuman. You have to always be positive. You always have to show a light. You have to always care. And you, you know, almost all the things that take it to be a human being, you bring into the professional, you know, service you offer or whether, whatever, whichever way that is. But at what time do then you do you get to lean on someone and say actually yeah I don't know, you know? I have a, I have a coaching conversation coming up this morning with an executive at a at a local company and when we set this conversation up he said to me I'm so glad that you have invited me to this he said I I solve problems for people at work I solve problems for people at home and I wonder when the hell is it my turn. <laughs> When is somebody going to listen to me? When's my chance? Yeah, yeah. And, and but another thing is, which is an interesting then view of yourself from the outside. So people see you as a leader, they see you as a human. And it's almost like you don't need help. You don't need support because you're the leader. So it's, it's like that, you know, when you have a strong person, who checks in with the strong person? Because yeah, they're yeah. strong. They, you know, and it's like my wife even said, she goes, just because you're perceived as someone strong or just someone who's perceived as having, you know, uh, a, a positive response to things or just being able to handle things, very few people check in on you because they just assume you'll be okay. Yeah. You know, and that's a, a dichotomy of being that strong leader is that you almost have to have some kind of trait where you you don't need to check people check into you but almost when someone does you're like you i and then you have to have the humility at some point if someone does check into you not just to say yeah i'm fine but to actually say actually there is there is a little bit of support maybe i need in a certain space yeah and it's so interesting too um when people's defenses come up so uh so a client i'm just beginning to work with um i have a i have a little questionnaire that I sent out. I call it the deep question, deep coaching questionnaire and commitment. And um, we are working together on fun, bringing fun into her life. She, she told me, she shared with me that she'd had the fun bred out of her as a child. And it's so interesting because the way that she responded to the questions on this questionnaire were really indicative to me that she wants to be in control of this coaching. And, and it's like how 
I feel like my, my kind of my goal with her is to be able to allow her to let go of the control a little bit, because how can fun enter if you, if you are always in charge, you know what I mean? If you've always got to be just, as you say, that strong. And I think it's, it's such a, it's such a defense mechanism, you know, it's such a, it's such a way of shielding ourselves, but inside of it, behind it, we're, we're crumbling. Mm. But where, where does that come from? Cause I know something that I'm consciously trying to do is take life a little lighter. So mm-hmm. I remember that is exactly what you're saying, bringing more fun and having less um, gravitas on the outcome of a decision. You know, sometimes you're going to make mistakes and that's fine or whatever it is, right? And I think sometimes I just take life too seriously sometimes, you know, and I don't need yeah. to, and I get that, that I don't need to, but it's trying consciously tell myself that it's fine. Just let go and let the outcome be the outcome. But when you've tried a path in it for such a long time in a certain way, and that served you, whichever way it served you, to try and then switch that, I think the difficulty I found is that consciously telling myself, you know, like, just let go. It's fine. Yeah. You can have fun, and it doesn't have to be serious all the time, right? And that's the thing that I'm trying to learn and practice. And I, I really think that it at least a part of it is because because we do tell ourselves things we live up in our in our brain right and so being able to kind of drop into our bodies um so for myself i know that uh i i was a i was a yoga instructor and an aerobics instructor fitness instructor for years before i got i developed a tendon disorder a a chronic illness that i that i live with now that has made it so that I, i can't use my limbs quite the same as other people um and I, uh, so first of all, I treasure every time I can move, <laughs> I treasure, you know, I can ski again. I going from not being able to walk more than a few steps to being able to ski, which is a, a, a hugely important thing for me, but also a family and friendly, you know, like skiing for me is kind of the pinnacle of, <laughs> of, of fun. And, um, but what I've just, and I, for years I've been like, man, I wish there was something I could do in the off season that I found as fun. And recently I have been kind of tapping back into that, like dancing yoga kind of thing. And so if I'm feeling, if I'm too much in my brain, if I'm too worried, if I'm too much trying to control things, what I've been doing is putting a little, it's largely eighties pop because that's, you know, where my, (laughs) where I, where I had so much fun dancing, I guess. Um, and I'll just put together four or five songs and I'll, I'll feel so stupid because here I am in my room, you know, dancing. Um, I literally started with Dancing With Myself by Billy Idol because I was like, I just need some kind of, you know, we need to recognize the absurdity of this. And even it, even if it's just one song, it can free me to 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 feel what's going on in my body, to feel exhilarated. And those are the sorts of feelings that will take me out of that. I've got to, I've got to control things. I, I, you know, I've got to be behind this shield, I guess, because everybody isn't, it's not about control necessarily for everybody, but mm-hmm. it allows the defenses to come down. And, and so then I'm not saying you really ought to be more in the, in the moment. You really ought to, you really should, which I hate that word so much. You should go with the flow here. Instead, what's happening is I am going with the flow. And I think maybe that's, is that a little bit of what you're getting at, Babak? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So it's letting go, isn't it, of, of the, almost like the result of it. It's just go with the moment and being present in whatever 
it is that yeah right and and look around and and listen now and and hear the so here can i (laughs) something else that i've literally been dreaming about for years i finally got to do this week and that was i had i had a coaching conversation in our tree fort out back. It's like this, my husband and my sons built it probably five or six years ago now. And it is, um, it's a platform. It's built around two huge, big trees. So it's, you can put your hand on these trees. It like in the wind, you can feel the whole thing a li- just a little, just enough that you realize you're up in a tree, but not so much that it's frightening. Right. And um, we couldn't face the street because the sun was where I had thought we would place our chairs. So instead we had to sort of turn around and face the forest and I always try to do this at the beginning of a, of a coaching conversation where we will get really present. We'll put hand over heart. We'll put hand over belly. We'll take a few moments to just open up our senses and listen again, dropping out of our brain, right? And into our senses. And I was like, this is the most amazing. I can't believe I get to do this for my job. <laughs> and that coaching conversation, I mean, I've done a lot of them now, right? But that was one of my favorite, favorite, favorites. And I think it was very useful and helpful for that person, maybe more so than if we had been sitting, you know, in an office or something. Yeah. Yeah. And by changing your environment, by changing the space in which you're in, and we can use this as an analogy of life as well. You can keep doing the same thing, but by doing it in a different space, you get a completely different outcome, don't you? In terms of how you think, how you feel and what you do. And, you know, we become creatures of habit as human beings you know we keep doing certain things and a lot of the time we don't know why we're doing them until someone challenges us or questions us and says why do you do this and a lot of the candidates i don't know because i've always done it or my mom did it this way and therefore you know i do you yes know, kind of, you know, that kind of rhetoric but unless someone comes in to to to, to jerk that view and to challenge it and our belief uh, exactly like you do as a coach we can continue down the path thinking that that's us but there's so much more of us that is being restricted because of the habits and the, you know, the mindsets that we build up along the way. Is that, would, you, would you see that in a lot of the clients as well? I do. Yeah. And it's funny because I was getting distracted by my thoughts while you were talking. And what I was thinking about was how, how, how much work I'm doing around pushing back on someone's, because I really come at it from a very gentle, um, coaching place. And sometimes you have to be okay with your client hating you as a coach. Like sometimes you have to be able to say, listen, I, you know, when you go to the, I was just talking with Mike Harris about this yesterday, our fellow brother from, from the intensive. Um, and he, he reminded me, he said, sometimes when you go to the chiropractor, even if the chiropractor is a really good friend of yours, when you're there to see them, because you've got a problem, they might say to you, listen, this adjustment's going to hurt, but it has to happen. And I, I'm, I'm learning that um, I'm at my best as a coach when I can bring that energy a little bit as well. Cause I, cause that for me, that's part of what being a leader is and being able to recognize the what's going on, what's really going on and being able to say like, okay, we got to put some boundaries on this because if we don't, what's the point? Mm. We won't ever move forward. Mm. And it's the other way as well, isn't it? Cause I, I, I believe I'm more, that you know the end of the spectrum that you're practicing and i need to practice your end of the spectrum because i'm <laughs> oh so interesting 
<laughs> yeah, the, 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 the softer approach and the more empathetic approach was I'm more of a, I feel I'm more just a cutthroat, let's get to the point, let's, let's deal with that. And that doesn't work with a lot of people either. So, you know, let, let, let's fuse ourselves together into one person. There we go. Sure we oh, the perfect coach. <laughs> Bob K. <laughs> exactly. Um, and you get all the wisdom from the K side and you get all the bullshit from the Bob side. And there you go. We got, we got the combination. <laughs> you know, it's perfect so I was thinking you could be what you just said about where all the wisdom comes and where all the BS comes from. We could, we could flip that just as easily. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> There's balance here. We have to keep create some equilibrium and balance yeah. there, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so now, okay, is that, you know, we, you, you deal with people all the time and, you know, you, you see potentials and you see, uh, you know, potentializing positive, potentializing negative, and you see lots of things outside of yourself. What, over the last few years, what mirrors have come back to you to show you things within yourself that may have, you may knew, you may have known about, but you've not acknowledged so much until you started going down this journey of coaching? Oh, oh my gosh. I love this. This is, it's like, this is the question I've been waiting for, 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 you know, in this conversation and, and in others and for myself, because I can forget. And what, what keeps coming back to me again and again um, is I need to physically take on less. Um, what I do physically needs to come from a place of en enthusiasm, exhilaration, and love for myself. And I need to... Um, I need to stop beating myself up. Pretty, pretty much that's the biggest one because uh, I have this tendon disorder. It was actually, I, I got it um, a, a, almost exactly a decade ago. I came down with diverticulitis uh, for the first time. This, this last time in October was only the second time, which I think shows it was almost 10 years later how, how bad the situation had gotten. That was, it was October of the, it was the first, well, it was October of 2020. So for everyone listening, that's pandemic. Hmm. insanity. And um, I was carrying way too much for, for too many people and not paying enough attention to myself. Right. And um, the first time I got the diverticulitis, I didn't realize this, but I was given a medicine at that time um, that had something called fluoroquinolones in it. And since fluoroquinolones have been shown to cause things like tendon rupture, tendon problems, and this is, this was one way that I'm a one in a million, you know, I, I, I developed these and they turned out to be long-term and we, you know, I, I had a team of doctors, a rheumatologist, my primary care doctor, uh, physical, multiple physical therapists, um, my psychologist, right. We were all in agreement that you can't get in a time machine and go back and see that it exactly was the fluoroquinolones, but there's a pretty good chance that that's what it was, especially because one of the things that helped me heal um, to the point where I am now is, was taking probiotics, which, you know, a lot goes on in your gut that you don't even think about. And anyway, um, I got the diverticulitis in the first place and I didn't take care of myself when I could have once I, uh, once the tendons started, started giving me trouble, um, or started having experiencing pro. I don't like to say that they give me trouble. I used to talk really, I used to say really mean things to my leg when it, when it first started. And I don't do that anymore. I need to support my tendons, right? Anyway, when, when they first started struggling and being challenged, I believe that there was an opportunity for me to say, hey, 
back off. You know, don't can pickles <laughs> with the big canner and all the up and down the stairs and everything like that. Um, the day after you have uh, had a, a stressful day that involved a lot of running while carrying a child, for example, um, which is a long story that I won't get into. But um, and then when you when you go to the doctor and they say, take, you know, a medicine for 10 days and it's probably going to be fine after that. Don't make the day that you end that medicine be the day that you go wander around an amusement park for 10 hours. Like, right. <laughs> take care of your body. And um, so I, I feel like what you were asking me was, do you see some of the things in your coaching clients that you do yourself? Is that And I would say the answer to that is yes. Um, and, and I'm learning and I'm much better about it now to check in first and make sure that it's all, it's all right with not just my brain, which is pushing me to do things, but with my body and, and with my heart. Mm. And something that really sort of resonated with me there in terms of what you said is um, where you take on too much and then you feel that these are all things that you can handle, you can do. And then it gets to a point where you're like, unless you consciously make it happen, it will just carry on down this trajectory, right? And it's that muscle that feels so alien of letting things go for the sake of creating white space and, and, and quiet time just to almost check in with yourself. It's like you when you have an athlete that doesn't take any time to recover. You know, the recovery yeah. times are just as important as the training time, isn't it? And it's yeah. as us productive people where we believe that we have to be productive all the time, yeah. but your productivity will increase if you actually take the time space to let those things marinate. Isn't that right? It's, yeah. it's, I know it's so hard because I know I'm that I'm going down this right now. And it is so hard to just go against your inner belief that I can do that. I'll just put that yeah. thing on. I know I can do it. It's fine. And it's so interesting because I've presented in in several summits now. I've I've been a, a featured speaker in a lot of in a lot of summits, and I'm asked. I'm invited to do things to talk about my background in human development and family relations. Comes up a lot. The other thing that comes up a lot is play as self care, and I mean the you know self care has become a four letter word, especially in the pandemic. Um, but it's but it's still important. And I feel like to, to think about it in a playful sense has been helpful, not just for my clients, but really for me, because I, I realize that if I'm going to, the only way I can do this effectively is to recognize my, my, when I'm screwing up and, and, and try to make it better and be a good role model for, uh, for, for doing that in my clients' lives. Mm, yeah. And when and like you said you know you see the thing that you need to learn the most um, yeah. and that will just keep coming up until you <laughs> you give up and say okay i'm learning now. yeah there's a great book um it's called 100 truths you will learn too late and and the one that has stuck with me since i since i read it was um problems will grow to the point where they must be addressed and I, I just, I can look back over my life and say, yep, like every time. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And I think the analogy that I've used, especially within your body, when you start hearing your body, is that your body first whispers. It whispers mm. things to you. 
and you don't listen. And then it starts nudging you and speaking a bit loud and you don't listen and then it shouts. And when it shouts, you have to listen. Yeah. And it's that same analogy, isn't it? It's it's your body will break down and give up at certain points to tell you you need to stop and you need to slow down, you know? Yeah. Um and uh luckily now I've become accustomed to the whispers, so I'll just listen when the whispers happen. <laughs> I, I would say exactly the same because I, um, the, the, the nature of a tendon disorder is things flare up and I hear the whispers now and I really address them and I take care of them and I say nice things to my body. <laughs> I tell it good things. It's, it's so important, right? Because if we can't be our best friend, which I know, you know, again, something you said there earlier, which was, you know, you have a tendency to beat yourself up, you know, to be, that 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 voice that that bed that friend that no one ever wants to have but you that's you yeah. inside yeah. yourself right yeah um, and it's being kinder to yourself isn't it again yeah against the way I you know I I almost had to retrain my voice to start being my role model and being my support and being my cheerleader and cheering me on even when no one else is but yeah. it's taken time that because before the things they'll say to me you'd be like. <laughs> I can't repeat now, but <laughs> <laughs> no. And and what I did so for years, I have um, I've had a series of of I guess call them goals, things I want to accomplish, right? Mm-hmm. And I had to once I went into the hospital in October. Once I came out of the hospital in October, I I took it back to one at the at first, and I the one was to tell myself I am getting good rest and relaxation. And I remember like laughing at the time, like I do not anymore need to be told you got to, you know, you got to, you got to come up with a big goal and work towards it. <clears throat> you got to write that book. You got to blah, blah, blah. Cause I'm doing that. Like, that's not the problem. The problem is, is, is taking it back and resting. Yeah. Yeah. And it's consciously diring that in as well, is it? Cause <laughs> I, my thing is now is, is I have to go to bed at 10 o'clock because I get up at five, 10 works for me. That seven hours is perfect for me. You know, yep. I know some people need six, some people need eight. Seven is my go-to, you know, sleep and I'm good. So at 10 o'clock, so at 9.30, everything has to go off, you know, devices, everything. And I need to, you know, just decompress. 10 minutes before bed, I have to meditate because that's what, you know, just and that grounds me again. And then I go to bed and I have the most amazing sleep. And my wife will tell you I have the most amazing sleep because she goes, you knock out within a minute or two. Yeah. Because I'm so, you know, some people just find it so hard to sleep. I'm like, I'm down. I, I, I'm out. That's awesome. That's, and by the that's noise cool. coming out of your mouth, you can tell you're sleeping. So. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then, but when I get up, I feel like I've slept. And I feel like I've rested, but I know so many years of my life that never happened. I yeah. wake up more tired than I went to sleep. Um, and, oh my gosh. So I, um, I needed acupuncture in during the pandemic and I hadn't needed it, I would say for probably a year before. Um, and I realized how little sleep I had been getting before because in it, when, when we were, when, you know, when I wasn't driving people around and when we were all sort of staying home, um, I didn't fall asleep in acupuncture. And I love that because it gives you the chance to just lie there and like, plan and think and reflect. And, and, uh, I was missing that. I would, prior to the pandemic, I would be out cold. You know, I'd be like that person snoring in acupuncture. <laughs> and I love that it really showed me how important sleep is. So I'm with you. I've, I've really prioritized that. And, and, and that's been a huge help. So, um, 
But it, like I said, it's, it's, it's a conscious decision you need to make, right? And you have to yeah. see the importance of doing it to know that you will do it because yes. it serves you so well, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, it can still be elusive. I think that's really what's so interesting about it for me is Mm -hmm. I can, uh, I can, um, Rich Litvin talks about a monkey trap, which is like this, this way to keep, you know, the monkey wants what's in the, what's in the jar, but they can't get it out because their hand closed around. It won't come out. Right. Mine is 100% beating myself up, doing too much, not getting rest. Right. And I can forget that. So it's to, to prioritize it. And really the idea of the monkey trap really helped me understand this is something that I continually do. That's the banana that I can't let go of. <laughs> uh, and it's brilliant when you have an insight like that, isn't it? When you, when something, you, you know you're doing something, but you can't even put your finger on it. So you continue to do it until someone gives you an insight like that. And you're like, that's it. Yeah, and then when you have so that insight, you can keep drawing upon it whenever it happens and you know, okay, quickly, that's what it is. Let go. Quickly. Yeah. yeah. Here it is again. Here it is again. It's, it's made it so much easier to, to move past it really. Yeah. Well, okay. There's a couple of questions I'd like to ask you, um, which gives a little bit of deep insight into you and the way you think um, for the listeners. Um, so we're going to forward project um, into the future. Lovely. So we're going to, let's use 100 years as a, as a nice round figure, right? So we're going to forward predict 100 years into the future where you're now at the last moments of your life on this journey. Now, you don't have enough energy to speak, but you have enough energy to write down three words. Now, these three words have resonated with you all your life, and you hope by sharing them, they can help the people that are listening. What would those three words be for you and why? Wow. I love this question. I think probably the first one is going to be empathy. Uh, I think that it lies at the heart of every, if, if we can see from someone else's perspective, we can immediately understand as a parent, for example, it can be so easy when your child is saying, I'm afraid of the dark. I, I don't want to go to bed because I'm, and you can, you can so easily want to say like, there's nothing to be afraid of. There's no such thing as ghosts. Right. But if you put yourself in their shoes, these things are very real to them. So that's that. So I think empathy is, is huge. Uh, it's so funny because I, I'm not sure that I would have said this before, but again, the pandemic has really shown me a lot of things. I think another really important thing is the idea of boundaries that we have safe boundaries for ourselves and that we communicate them safely so that, so that we don't, Huh. Maybe it's boundaries or maybe it's consent. Actually, I think I'm going to change it to consent because um, when we when we are given the invitation to say yes or no, and if that's honored, I think that can make people feel so protected and, and safe. Sure. Um, and then I think the third one is play. Uh, the third one is is to remember that play is at the heart of everything. We can solve problems. We can uh, discover how much we love (laughs) the people that we're around or ourselves. Um, All curiosity, all creativity, it it starts with play. So, so empathy, consent, and play, which is so, because I, if you would, if I had, so I listened to Tara person on your show and I was like, Ooh, what would I say? And I came up with three completely different words, which is so funny. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> there you go. There you go. So 
Maybe there's six words I should increase that to you. Maybe, well, the other, the other three would be love, love, and love. <laughs> so. Perfect. Perfect. Now, this podcast is called Bigger Than Hustle, and right now you're bigger than the world. So I've got this mic, and it's connected up to 7.58 billion people on this planet. I'm going to hand it over to you so you can share. Now, the people are all listening. They can all hear you. They're all conscious. They're all awake. There's no language barrier, and they're all eager to hear what you've got to say. If you can share for the next 30 seconds, what would your message be to the world? Oh, what a beautiful question. If you can open your heart and feel from your heart the people around you, the nature around you, the, the world around you, if you can be in tune with that, Truly, all will be well. Perfect. And um, I closed my eyes during you speaking that, and I felt that, and it is so true. Um, when we realize we're part of this symbiotic system called the universe, right? And we all have our role to play, but we are all important. Every cell is important in this in this makeup. So. It's letting go of that control as well, isn't it? Letting go of that belief that the spotlight is on us and knowing that we're part of so much bigger, you know, the, the, the play is so much bigger. This game is so much bigger than us. And we just need to play our part and our role by letting go and letting the university, you know, move us in the direction it needs to move us to. You know, and in such a beautiful way, right? Like in a, in a, in a way that, I mean, life can be so much more. So I often say I was, before I got the tendon disorder, I call the tendon disorder a chrysalis, my chrysalis, because mm -hmm. prior to that, I did have an enjoyable life, but I didn't, I wasn't on, on my true path yet. And it was really, I, I couldn't be doing this work and living this pretty freaking awesome life without the, the, the tendon disorder. Mm -hmm. That comes up for me again and again and again. Mm -hmm. You know? And I, I guess it was the way of the universe moving you into this position right yeah you if it, if it never came along you, you know you couldn't share your light the way you do right now yeah yeah and 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 it's those moments that make us realize that even at the time we may question the reason that anything happens and why me and you know the whole poor me scenario or, or whatever it is but looking back you say that was the single thing most important thing that happened to me because it allowed all these things to happen um, and when we stay in that moment of gratitude at any time of our life, which is where when things are not in our perceived limited sense of reality, the way we believe it should be, I think it's having the faith to know this is happening for me, not to me. Um, yeah. And there's a bigger play out. You know, we only see the, the piece in front of us, but the universe knows the whole game. And we're a part of that and we have to believe it's for our best purpose all the time. And it's yeah. having that faith and having the letting go of the control and saying whatever happens, happens. I know it's the best version of me to appear. So at this yeah. junction, Care, I'd really like to thank you. Thank you for giving up your time to come on as a guest. Thank you for being you. Thank you for the light you share in the world continuously. Thank you for coming on into my life. Thank you for coming on my journey to hold my hand along the way. And 
I know this road's this stretch of the road's going to be a little bit of time we're on it together. So hopefully we can you know help and support each other. Um, I know that will be more um, help and support from your side and annoying things for me, but that might open up a few things for you to share. Or the reverse. Or the reverse. <laughs> so, yeah, or reverse exactly. <laughs> but I, I am I am so blessed that I was a part of the intensive. I was so blessed that to have you in my life for this reason, and I am so thankful that this game played out the way it's playing out this year. You know, I'm so I feel almost an abundance in my life right now because so many things are just taking place. And even though we always, you know, we'd like different things and we want different things, I know I have everything I need to just have continue to have an awesome life. Like, you know, the gratitude is just immense right now. So, you know, and you're a part of that. So thank you. Um, oh, and right back at you. I, I, I just want to say how much I truly feel like we're siblings <laughs> in, in the best way. Like, um, and I, I didn't think before going into it, I, I felt really, I felt really intimidated by the intensive. I, I felt like I'm going to be the only person there who is, isn't knocking it out of the park. Right. And what I discovered actually was that we are all not, even me, we're all knocking it out of the park. And um, I felt so joyful, I think, and, and, for, and, and you were a huge part of that and continue to be a huge part of that. Um, and I, I am so grateful for you and for the light that you bring into the world because it's amazing and you're amazing. Thank you. And something I learned from the intensive play is that I'm trying to believe everything that people tell me is true. And you know, the humility and the humbleness that we have, like you said, you know, you're similar to me in that respect that sometimes we find it hard to accept that because we can't see it. But now I'm just opening my heart and accepting those words. It's helping me a lot for lots and lots of things, not just in this, but in my life. So thank you. Thank you for saying that. Mm, and you're welcome. We'll be meeting up later as well. So. <laughs> no, I know. I'm like, Wednesdays are kind of my like family day is how I've been yeah. thinking about it because it's, <laughs> You know, we it's it's the day where all the coaches get to hang. I'm Correct. so excited about Correct. it. So perfect. So um, this is bigger than the hustle podcast, and I'm about to tell your host. And just a few thoughts to leave you with before we go. Big energy leads to big thoughts. Big thoughts lead to big ideas. Big ideas lead to big actions, and big actions lead to a big life. So keep thinking big. Until next week. Goodbye.